Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. I am so honored to have you back again listening this week and really even more excited about my guest. Over the past few weeks, we have really been exploring and digging into understanding your inner self and how that inner self can help drive your career and help you learn new skills, be beneficial in both your career and your personal life. We have spoken about energy. We have looked at building confidence. We have understood how technology can be a driving force during this time in our lives of the pandemic and how understanding our inner self and our confidence can help drive those decisions and learning of technology over the next couple of months. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Jan Christensen, who is uh, not only an accomplished counselor and um, career professional around understanding your mindfulness, she has now started her own nonprofit called In Search of a Peaceful Mind. This nonprofit is, quite frankly, amazing, and what she is offering to individuals in this time of need and in this time of the pandemic is pretty amazing. I wanted to share a little bit about who Jan is, but I also wanted to share some information about her nonprofit because we're going to dig into a lot about the support and how that support is really needed at this time when we are riding a roller coaster of a pandemic and trying to figure out exactly what it is we need to do during this time because it has been such a crazy time in our lives. Jan has worked with people as a nurse for many years where she's developed a deep understanding of our spirit within the true caring for humanity. She has a BA in psychology from the University of Manitoba. She has counseled people in different situations in the past and understanding who and what we really are. We are energy in the form of formlessness. This energy is what makes up our entire universe, and it gives us the ability to get peaceful inside and tap into this divine energy where wisdom is found and anything becomes possible for anyone. As we're talking to Jan, you will gain more understanding of how your inner thoughts create your outer world. This new understanding can help you see how we unintentionally create havoc and fear in our lives, and you will then be free to choose peacefulness accompanied by love for self and others. Being human can be tough, but it is still possible for you to live in joy and happiness most of the time. This is what becomes possible with sessions with Jan. And Jan, we are so glad to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really glad to be here as well and uh, be part of your show. Thank you. I'd love for us to start with, can you give us a little bit of background about your journey, your journey as a nurse, and then what has guided you into your path to now help individuals find their inner mindfulness and what that has meant for you personally and what it's meant for your career. Sure. Um, I spent most of my life nursing and 
always enjoyed that, but always knew that there was more. I always, I always knew that there was a, a maybe a better way of helping people. Didn't know what that was, but just kept searching. So along with my nursing, I had my university degree where I learned a lot about psychology. And even then, I still knew there was more. There had to be more ways of helping people, more ways of understanding our, our way of being human here on earth. And so I kept up the search, did a lot of self-development, uh, reading of books and taking courses and learning and talking with people and counseling. And then one day, I call it the day the universe dumped me on my head. <laughs> I had a fall at work and sustained a head injury. And with that came a lot of life changes for me, a lot of changes. But it was probably the most significant day in my life and turned out to be quite a gift because it took me a long time to recover from that head injury. But along that journey, I stumbled across what's called the principles. And in this understanding, I came to see myself as not only just a human here on earth, but as a human with divine energy. And you might think, well, what does that mean? But if, if we go back many, many years, you find that in the universe, there was just energy, only energy. There was no planets, there was nothing. There was just the energy. And then energy had an intelligence to it. It had the ability to learn to combine itself and create mass which is pretty incredible. So from there, energy and mass created planets, the sun and the moon, and you and me here on Earth. We are really energy in form in our body and energy, energy in mass, which is our body, and energy in the formlessness, which is just pure energy. And this energy has a wisdom to it which we just talked about. It has an intelligence. And the fact that this flows in us and through us gives us some tremendous abilities to be able to tap into to that wisdom, which is all-knowing. And when we understand that we are energy and we can tap into this wisdom, it just takes you to a whole new way of living. So from there, the understanding helped me get creative in life. And I knew that I wasn't going to be a nurse anymore. I didn't feel safe doing that. So mm -hmm. what came to me or through me, I guess, is the idea to start this nonprofit organization. And in the nonprofit organization, what I am, my intention is to be able to provide the understanding that I've gained to the most vulnerable people in society. And that would be the homeless, and they could be homeless for many reasons. Often people end up being homeless because of addiction to alcohol or drugs, or they might have depression. All these different things lead people to the path of homelessness. And so I want to be able to help these people who would otherwise never, I don't think, have the opportunity to gain this understanding about the wisdom that, that they actually have access to. And I want to be able to provide these conversations 
for free for, those, for these people. I don't want them to have to pay for it because they wouldn't be able to afford it then, right? So the, mm-hmm. the intention is that I will have coaches who will be paid by my organization to have conversations with homeless people and show them just exactly who they are and the power that they have over their own life and their own learning and their own creation. So uh, that's where things started to evolve, actually just in January, so not that long ago, the nonprofit organization was developed. And then, of course, we had COVID set in. Big game changer for everybody. I know. And for me included. Mm-hmm. It has so been a true was, roller coaster. <laughs> it really has, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. For everyone, for the whole world which yes. is pretty incredible. We don't usually have things happen that impact the whole world, everybody. Right. But this did. And so what that, that did for me personally is it, it put my nonprofit organization on hold. I wasn't able to get out and visit shelters and get in touch with people who needed this understanding. So I decided, well, kind of right now, everybody could use this understanding to sort of settle the, themselves inside, not feel so stressed about life. And, live more peacefully, basically. So uh, the idea was presented to me that I should start this Zoom room where people could come and they could talk with coaches about the understanding of uh, the divine energy that we have within us and we have access to. So I thought about that a little bit and decided that sounded like a really good idea. So I went ahead and created this Zoom room. I have a wonderful team, group of people, working along with me. Anka, who's here today, is one of those people. And I'm really happy to have her on this journey with me. She's been very helpful. And uh, the Zoom room is intended for anybody to drop into, to settle down to a more peaceful place, and maybe relieve a little bit of stress, do a little bit of problem solving with a coach who's present in the room. So, It's been quite a journey to start this project and there's been definitely some times along the road where, you know, I wondered, am I really going to be able to pull this off? But again, with with the access to wisdom that I have, I have been able to just keep moving and with the help of friends as well, figure things out, move on to create a wonderful room and actually the participants call it the peace room which is pretty cool they come in there yeah and they can be feeling very stressed and very lost and with an in a very short length of time they find that peaceful peaceful feeling inside themselves and learn of a better way to deal with their thinking so So i want to talk about yeah, I want to ask you a couple of ahead, questions. Sure. Yeah, I want to ask you a couple of questions because you've you've dropped a really a few really good nuggets that um, I want our audience to hone into. The first is that you had an experience uh, in your career as a nurse that fundamentally pivoted the way in which you thought about your inner wisdom and made you stop and think 
which as much as, you know, I, I know it sounds cliche and I know we've said it a lot over the past six or four months, it feels like six months, but it's really just been, I guess, four or five months of the <laughs> pandemic. But we've had to stop a little bit and rethink about what's important and what's happening. So that was one piece I wanted to recognize because we're going to talk a little bit about that. Just I want to dig into that a little bit more about the peacefulness piece. And then you mentioned um, three pen- principles that you use to guide your work and how that has been at the core what has really driven you in creating this nonprofit and helping people to find their inner peace and their inner wisdom. Could you talk just a few minutes about those three principles and where those came from? Sure. And I'll try and keep it to a few minutes because I could (laughs) talk for hours on this. I completely (laughs) understand. I know. Yeah. Within the last year, I wrote a book as well on this, a whole book. So yes, keeping it down to a few minutes, what I want to explain to you is the concepts or the principles, which means something that has truth behind it. The principles of mind, consciousness, and thought. And when we think about our mind, our consciousness, and our thought, we naturally gravitate to the idea that we're within a body and we have a brain, and we have an inner self, whatever that means. And we have thoughts that go through our heads. But if you dig a little deeper, you find that the energy, which has wisdom, also has mind, consciousness, and thought. And the reason that I know this is I had an experience with the head injury where I actually, um, I lost consciousness. And in that time, I just seemed to have left my body, which I guess is a, a spiritual experience. And I experienced myself floating, not with body, just with an energy, floating, and it was peaceful. It was a feeling that I'll never forget. I call it love now because it was such a touching experience. And the only thought I had was, I don't need anything else. I would be completely content just to stay right here as I am right now forever. It was that wonderful. It was very, very intense. And then I had the thought, you know what, my daughters need me. And within, I don't know how long, not very long, I was back in my body experiencing the discomfort of the head injury. I was, I was back in, in the game of life. So to me, I lost the game of life. I was in pure energy for a little bit. And in that experience, I came to understand that I could see without my eyes. So I was able to kind of look around and see what I was experiencing. And it was very dark. And I could hear without my ears because I was in the spirit form. And I could feel my my mind, which is my inner self. Everybody has their own essence in their inner self. And that is your spirit. So mind is the the spirit. Consciousness is the ability to see and to hear. And thought is the idea that flows through your head. And these concepts are not only experienced through our brain, but they are experienced through our spirit. Two different things, which maybe you have a little bit of an idea now. 
of the mind, consciousness, and thought in the form of being human and in the form of being spiritual. And we all have this going on. And many, many people live their whole lives and they never have access to this. And it's a shame because once you understand that you're, you're a body with a spiritual energy to you, then you have access to this divine intelligence, this divine wisdom that is the universal energy. And what you can do with that is take your creative thinking to a whole new level. And that's how people have been able to tap into developing new things like um, energy. Einstein, his uh, energy theories that he came up with, he tapped into his inner divine wisdom in order to come up with that. He didn't just let his brain think about that because our brains can only think about what we learn in books, which is wonderful. And our brains are a fabulous tool to have on this venture in the human life. But you can go to a whole new level when you tap into your creative thinking. And the way you do that is by, you won't believe this, just getting quiet in your mind and asking the question. No, I believe that. It's, that's that's something that I would agree with you, in particular in my world of of teaching and technology and things moving, technology in particular, things moving so fast, or even just in general, the speed at which our world turns with social media and 24 access to um, just about anything we could ever imagine. I lost track of that myself over the past couple of years where I did not find my inner creativity the way that I had for a long time. You know, I just got caught up in the race. And, yeah. you know, you, you, I had the privilege of talking with you before we had our, our recording today for the, for the show. And there were several things that resonated with me that you mentioned. And that was, was really what you just said, getting quiet, stopping for a minute to listen to those inner thoughts. There is something to be said about when we stop and listen to that and understand our inner, our gut and those initial feelings that our body may feel in addition to what our brain is telling us. There is, there is very much um, merit to that. And I uh, took some vacation a couple weeks ago and for the first time in a long time, I stopped. And I got quiet, much like, but just as you had recommended. And I found myself completely reinvigorated. It is so true. It's so true. We make life so complex by believing that we have to think everything through and we have to understand everything and we have to figure it out. And we let those thoughts go racing in our head and we get nowhere compared to where we could get with our creative thinking which comes about by just getting quiet in your head and asking a question. So let's say, for example, you're trying to figure out um, the idea that comes to mind is, uh, am I on the right path and should, should I marry this person that I'm looking at getting married to? And you just get quiet and see what thoughts come to mind. And for myself, I know I've been, uh, my first marriage didn't turn out so good. And I knew it. I knew darn well. I had an intuition that was telling me, this is not right. This is not the right way to go. Not the right person. But you know what? I didn't pay attention to that 
uh, inner wisdom or that intuition. I thought, well, we've already ordered the wedding invitations and I had all of these ideas, these thoughts around that. And I thought, I have to do it now. I got to go ahead with this. And I did. I got married and it, did, it lasted a year. And if I had stopped and paid attention to my inner wisdom and my intuition, which told me, this is not right. This is not the right person. This is not the right uh, actions for you to be taking. Don't do it. Don't get married to this person. You have access to that kind of decision-making all the time, no matter what decisions you're trying to make, by just getting quiet and asking the question. Whatever question is on your mind, whatever question you're looking for an answer to, you just get quiet in the head, stop thinking, and then ask the question. So and you, you also say, will know. Can I ask you a question about that? Is that something that mm. I struggle with? You say to get quiet and stop thinking. Now, this mm -hmm. is my problem. I can get quiet, but my brain still seems to be going, doing cartwheels and somersaults with all the things going in my head. So when you say, stop thinking, can you, you give me a little bit of clarity on that? Mm -hmm. Or am I'm I just so crazy? Human. <laughs> no, 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 you're very human. <laughs> and we all do that. We say, get quiet, and then the thoughts come. Really, whatever you believe is what you're going to get. So if you try and get quiet and you say to yourself, oh, I can't get quiet, all I can do is think, then the thoughts are going to come. But if you think to yourself, get quiet. I know I can do this. I can get rid of the thoughts and just be quiet. Then that's what you'll get. It might take a little bit of practice, but that's what you'll get. So get rid of your limiting beliefs. First of all, stop believing that you can't get quiet because you can and you will if you want to. I like that. So put a new thought in your head. Get rid of the belief that you can't get quiet. And if you really can't get quiet, then what I used to do when I was trying to learn to get quiet was I would do just a very quick, easy meditation. And that can be counting to 10 as you count your breaths. So you like breathe that. in, you breathe out, you count one. Then you wait until you're ready to breathe again. You breathe in, you breathe out, you count two. You can't think when you're doing that. Unless you tell yourself, I can think when I'm doing that. And then you will. <laughs> no, but <laughs> that's, that a, that's an excellent suggestion because that's very simple. And, I, you know, for, for anyone to stop and even just to get themselves ready to be quiet. I like that very much. De deep breath in and out and counting to 10. To, and that breath and that rhythm will help bring you to that space, I, I would believe. I want to... Mm -hmm talk a little bit because we're going to bring Anka in here in just a minute because I want her to explain a little bit more about how you're able now to bring this wonderful um, insightfulness and peacefulness to the, to the masses because you be, you mentioned this. Um, we first kicked off the show about that with your nonprofit, your original goal was to work with those that are in a homeless situation and helping them to find their inner peace so they can begin to make a difference and transition to find their wisdom and hopefully transition out of being in that homeless situation. And you said COVID hit, pandemic, and we have, we've talked a lot about the roller coaster, but you reached within and said, you know what, I've got to find a way to still serve. And you have leveraged the technology of Zoom, um, which we actually are recording on right now, to be able to reach more people 
and serve more through this capacity of technology. We're going to take a quick break here in just a minute, and we're going to bring um, Anka on, but could you give just a, a, a few sentences about what made you decide that this 24-hour, this 24-7 Zoom room was the way to go? I mean, 24 hours, Jan, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, just the belief that I could do it. And I just stuck with that belief. I, I didn't go with the belief that I couldn't do it. I just stayed confident that I could do it. Because 24-7 then allows you to serve people from anywhere, any time zone, any country. International. We're available and have advertised all over the world and have coaches from all over the world. I think there's 18 different languages that the coaches speak. And the coaches come in, they have a time slot in which they come in and are on at certain times of the day. Is there a schedule that um, individuals are able to find and where would they find that? Yeah, there's a public app that tells people exactly who's on and when. And of course, I had Anka help me develop these sorts of things because I am not technologically savvy, <laughs> is a good way to put it. Um, so, you are more yeah, than you think. Yes, my belief is that I am becoming quite tech savvy now. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> change the thought and you change your world. Right. Right? Correct. That's what you just yeah. taught me a minute ago. <laughs> so when yeah, we come, so people, go, go ahead and finish, tell us a little more about what pe how people can access this. Well, in, our, in any advertising we do, there's a link to our website, which has a link to the 24-7 Zoom room. And in there, there's a link to the Zoom room. It's so simple to access. All you do is tap on the link and you're, you go to the Zoom room. That's it. Oh, okay. It, well, that's amazing. Yeah. Is the way, so is it um, in search of a peaceful mind.org? Is that correct? In search of a peaceful mind.ca. CA. Got it, dot .ca. Okay. So when we come back from our quick break, we're going to bring on the famous Anka, who is going to talk to us a little bit about how she and Jan have collaborated to bring this amazing um, content and um, support to all for, uh, for free through this 24-hour room and talk a little bit about the technical side that comes along with that. We will be right back. Stay with us. You don't want to miss the second half of the show. From face-to-face -face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy, Visit the dot consulting dot co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. 
Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. And welcome back, everybody, to Coding the Future. We have been talking with the amazing Jan Christensen before we took a break about her nonprofit in search of a peaceful mind and the amazing 24-7 Zoom room that she has opened to help you find your inner peace and your inner wisdom that will guide you, goodness, not only in career but in your personal growth and finding that inner self to really help you make the best decisions that's best for you. I'm thrilled to bring on uh, one of her collaborators who has helped her in the tech space, Anka Herman, who is joining us live from London, I believe. Is that correct, Miss Anka? No, that's incorrect. Nope. Where <laughs> are in you the in the world? Of, I'm in the south of Spain. <laughs> You're in the south of Spain. I'm totally yep. incorrect. Thank you for credit. That's amazing. So right now, um, she, we are again um, having this wonderful conversation by the power of Zoom. But let me tell you a little bit about Anka because she has quite an impressive background. She is a passion business coach and tech monster whisperer, which literally melts my heart. You have no idea. She is a passionate coach, business and online tech mentor, a podcast host, author, dressmaker, oh, we need to talk about that, and crazy dog lady. Originally from Germany, she has lived in Australia and the UK. Before in 2004, she decided to quit her IT job in London and move to Spain. Oh, that's where it was. I read London, but I didn't put it all together. I should have been quiet for a minute, Jan, and started a sewing business with nothing but a love for sewing and plenty of enthusiasm. Today, she brings her curiosity, creativity, intuition, plus her analytical mind, business and technology to the table to help others turn their passion into a business. Oh my goodness, I love all of this. She hosts the Passion Business Podcast, and she's the author of Taming the Tech Monster, How to Rise Above Tech Frustration and Build Your Business Online with Joy and Confidence. That is pretty incredible. Um, Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. So tell me a little bit about how did you become the tech, uh, a, a tech, a techie? From, uh, you know, you started dressmaking, which, of course, to me is a very technical and STEM-focused career, but how did you then begin to integrate technology and analytics, or how does that all come together? Yeah, it's, it's a crazy ride. I just, I took some time to figure out how it all fits together, and it actually starts elsewhere. It doesn't even start with the dressmaking. It's, I started out as, out as a linguist. I'd like mm. my uni degree as a, as, as a translator. And, um, and then I met who was 
my husband for a very short period of time, like similar <laughs> to Jane, to Jan, like I kind of knew, but um, in Australia. So, you know, and there I came from Germany, had just my first job in the bag and came, moved to Australia, thought, I'm going to, you know, basically conquer the, the translator's world in Australia. It's such a multicultural, you know, space. It'd be so easy. Boy, was I wrong. So it turned out to find work as a translator was difficult. And when I finally found it, it was be beyond frustrating. So after a few months, I started literally sending out my resume to anybody who'd have it. And um, turns out the person who gave me a chance in the sense of, you know, hired me, even I have, if I, my resume had nothing to prove that I could do the job, was um, the managing director of a software company. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, what's this? That's exciting, you know? And I saw, I looked at programming languages and all I could think was like, oh, that's like a real language, just simpler, right? <laughs> My gosh, that's what I say all the time. I say it all the time that learning a programming language is just like learning a language. I mean, it has its own syntax, its own drum beats. And yep. once you learn one, you can learn another. Yeah. And each one gets easier because you have more reference points. Yep. Right. And it just doesn't have all the, you know, the local, all the stuff that makes a natural language difficult. It doesn't right. have that. So I thought, right. oh, this is right up my alley. And um, so I basically took advantage of having programmer colleagues and all the tools and all the toys to play with and got myself into software development until some colleagues came and said, you should take this industry exam. You could get a job at this. You know, and that was in the 90s. And so in the end, I took the industry exam and got a job at this. And that, like basically the rest was history until I ditched it all to start the sewing business, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which you, I'm sure, used all of your problem solving and um, analytical and algorithmic skills to figure out how to build a dressmaking business. Oh, absolutely. And I also always thought... Um, that actually the process of creating a custom-made dress, and I made flamenco dresses for, for dancers, so they were all individual made-to-measure custom orders. So it was never the, the fashion industry or like fashion production. It was always like what made-to-measure. And I've always thought the process is exactly the same as building a so the software. Right. Initially, you talk about what it is you need and you better you, the better you understand that, the better the design will be. And then you design the thing and you go away. And the, the only the technical implementation bit is a little bit different, you know. But at the end of it, then you come out through the iterations until it's right, you know. And so it's very much the same process. And I always thrive on projects or, or, or crafts or, well, or careers where there is a technical element, a craft that can be mm -hmm. nurtured and perfected, but there also needs to be this plenty, plenty of room for creativity. And software development has that and dressmaking has that and coaching has that, you know, and all these things, they're just right up my alley. When that mixture comes together, that's, um, that's what lights me up. I mean, I'm literally jumping up and down. Jan's laughing because I'm like, oh my gosh. I talk about this all the time about the process of, just like you said, the process of, of formulating a custom dress is so similar to thinking about customizing an application, a website, a, a piece of software. It, 
organizing something for a 3D printer. It doesn't matter what it is. The more you know and better understand, the better it is. And this even goes back to even what Jan was saying in terms of making sure that we find out, like finding our inner self and finding our inner pieces that light us up. Like you and I talking about tech and that process lights us up, right? So for me, that's where like Jan's guidance in helping me to get quiet and find that inner creativity is so important. So tell me a bit about, and Jan, you can pipe in here now, and, and, and Anka will keep going with your story because I know there's layers and layers about how you have gotten to where you are as a business online manager. But when Jan came to you and said, or when, when y'all started having this conversation around wanting to do this 24-7 Zoom room, or was Zoom even the first comment, or did you have to go through some iterations of figuring out what tech would fit best to serve the need? Um, Zoom. Well, yes, 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 and no, right? Like Zoom. I think Zoom. There was no question about that. The 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 thing where we had to go through a couple of iterations was the managing of the time slots, right? You know, if you have a twenty four seven room, that means there's one hundred and sixty eight time slots that have to be filled across all the time zones, right? So to get all these coaches to be able to choose a time slot or, or, or release one if they no longer, you know, they can no longer do it. And that was basically the part where we had to, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're always, I mean, I, I love Mr. Einstein and, it, you know, and I always stick to his advice to say, keep everything as simple as possible, make everything as simple as possible, but not simpler. So we basically had a first iteration that quickly turned out to be too simple because it was, you know, basically an Airtable thingy, you know, was nicer than a spreadsheet, but it's still people messed it up. You know, there were people who would all of a sudden override other people's things and they'd get confused with the time zones so, and it was basically not workable. So that's where the app came from because I thought, well, we need something that is really simple and intuitive to to use for the coaches that also allows us to have this schedule public especially because people do speak different languages so we it's a it's a service we can offer with no extra effort to say somebody can say when do we have somebody on who speaks spanish or whatever so yeah that's basically where the app came in that i ended up custom building because um Otherwise, it was just not manageable. And so we did go through a few iterations there and learned a lesson in simplicity and and how you just can't overload people with stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, she created her own app for us, which I think is so cool. (laughs) It's really cool, and especially because she could customize it to what you needed. And I'm thinking, Jan, when you were... When you were pulling in your coaches and asking them, you know, so just to make sure our audience understands too, all of the coaches that are associated with Jan have the certification with the three principles and and work through the same mindsets that Jan has been teaching us today in terms of uh, being mindful, our consciousness, our thought, becoming quiet, beginning to find that inner energy. When you were recruiting them, how did you pitch this idea to them? Did you, what did you say that said, hey, do you want to be a part of this, this application where people can join on any time? Um, and then 
make sure those individuals knew how to use the technology that uh, Anka was building. Well, it was very simple because I just got quiet and I said, where am I going to find these coaches? <laughs> and I stayed quiet and listened. And what I gained the understanding of was just, you're on the internet, you're on Facebook, just put the post in groups where the community is. So there are lots of groups with three community coaches, three principals, coaches in their groups. So I just posted in those groups and the coaches said, oh, I'd love to. Sounds good to me. Yep, I'm there. Tell me what to do. And we have 240 coaches now and still growing every day, more coaches. So then Anka, when you were building this app, and I don't know if you want to share the platform that you built it on. I mean, I know it's custom build, but the coaches go to your to go to the application to sign up for their time slots because the customer facing side is just on the website, correct? Yep, yep. So I'm and I'm used. I use um, an, an, a platform called Glide App, which I found in the search. You know, and I thought I needed something that's simple. That is, and it's and also the part of uh, that I was really that was kind of a must have was that it was to be a mobile app because we'd had with the, with the initial, you know, idea we had or the initial platform, there were lots, we got lots of comments that people said, Oh, but I don't have a computer. My computer's so old. I do everything from the mobile. Right. So there needed to be something that could be operated from the mobile and, you know, that basically could be operated both on the mobile and on, on the computer as well. And um, so this glide up basically, the, I don't know whether you know the platform, but they use, um, you use basically a spreadsheet as the data source. And so oh, you can okay. have, you have your spreadsheet and then mm -hmm. you can build, you know, one or several front ends on the top of that, Ooh, which is, that's you know, that's very, you know, it was very uh, convenient. And also for the volume and structure of data we had, there was plenty, like, you know, there wasn't anything, we didn't need anything more chunky than that. And um, so, yeah, I like there's that. basically one, I have two, two, there's, there's basically one data source and then there's one version of the app that has where, where coaches can uh, authenticate and then basically access and they say, oh, I want this time slot or I don't want that one. And mm -hmm. they been, can basically manage their own time slots, but they can't touch anybody else's, which is important as we've learned. And yeah. then there's another version of that, which is read only. Right, and that's on the public website, so where somebody can just consult and view and see who's on when, but they can't touch anything. So, well, yeah. what I like about what you said, and even what Jan has said, is that you've used data to help drive your decisions. Which you know, that's part of my my shtick and where I get very excited about is understanding that uh, data and numbers and and understanding the the overarching concept and, and picture is so important. Like you use the data to help make the decision. You knew that you had all these names. And as Jan mentioned, 240 coaches and still growing that you had to have a way to manage all those coaches and then take that data and use that to help drive the decision of when they would sign up and use uh, to be a coach on the 24 hour, 24 seven room. So the way it works is anytime anybody logs in, uh, everybody listeners, anytime you log in, there is a coach available in the room 24 seven, 24 seven. So all times of the day, let me get all that right. So that you can have the opportunity 
to really stop and be quiet. That's really powerful. And I am literally giddy that you use the technology to help drive that so that you could offer this to really anyone. Anyone can join at any time. And that is, it's, it's a pretty phenomenal feat. I have to tell you, I don't think, I don't know if y'all know the gravitas of what you have created, but um, it's something that, I don't know, I have chills because I think so many people can use this to help find help when right now our mental health and our energy is so strained. Yeah, for sure. And it's a whole new way of experiencing life because you're, you're learning that your thoughts create your feelings, which create your behavior. So if your thoughts create your feelings and create your behavior, then if you stop at the thought and let go of the thought, you won't go so intensely into the emotion and you won't be following that, the behavior that could result, which if you're having negative thoughts, negative emotions and negative behaviors, people often want to get rid of the behaviors and they don't like the emotions. It's okay to experience whatever you're experiencing. But if you're feeling really depressed and your thoughts are causing you to feel depressed, then you can stop on the thought and let it go and, and literally let go of depression. It's a whole new way of experiencing life and a whole new way of psychology as well. Yeah, I'm processing what you just said because I think that so often we hold on to those feelings and not even realize that we are. And we don't let, and it's so negative to our, to our growth. Anka, I want to ask you, um, when you were thinking about developing this solution for Jan and giving that access, what were the first steps that you did to help you begin to break down the problem? Well, not necessarily the problem, but the, the solution that you wanted to, to, to use. And then we talked a little about the data driving decisions, but I mean, here's, it's like someone comes with a big idea and it's it, well, and this could be for you in general when you're as a business, as an online business and, uh, and a tech monster tamer it comes to you with a problem. Like how, what is your process? What do you do to begin to start figuring it out? Well, it's, as you said before, it is really quite funny because it is always, always the same process because, you know, sometimes you help somebody start a podcast, you know, this process is always the same. You want to build a website, it's always the same. It's like, what, like, take a step back. What is it that we actually want? Right? So in this case, it was okay. We have all these time slots and we need a way for people, bottom line, to put their name against one of those in their time zone so that it doesn't clash with anybody else's time mm -hmm. zone and to be able to remove themselves from a time slot when they're no longer wanted without messing up anybody else's, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, we also needed a way for some admin people to be able to take care of it because there are some people who will simply not like, no, I'm not... <laughs> An app, no, you know, and so they will just send us a message and we'll do it. So there needed to be that interface as well. But um, so from that point of view, it was like the main, you know, must have functionality was actually quite simple, you know, 
a name next to next to a time slot and i have 168 of those but um, obviously then from there that's the basics of it and then it's like okay what is it that i want the coaches to see i want them to see all the time slots that, that are available right mm-hmm. i need them to see um who else is on where and you know so i need them to be able to update their own profile to add their languages, to add a photo. So, you know, out of that, you know, the, the basically what you call use cases that kind of sort of slowly start building, but it all starts off with that. What's the main purpose of it? You know, that we mm-hmm. have a list of time slots, all the days, all the hours, and that somebody can basically put their name next to it in the most user-friendly, hassle-free way possible. Right, and that takes into account that um, you know that people are all over the world that the time that they need to be able to see it in their time zone, ideally, and um, so that there's no overlap. Oh, I thought it was three three o'clock your time. No, it's three my time. Oh, no, no, it's it's three mm-hmm. o'clock somebody else's time. You know, so that that was the thing that made it a little bit more more fiddly. But um, but yeah, so that's the main, and it always starts off with that main functionality. And in order to be able to do that, what do I need? I need a way to register. I need a way to log out. I need to, a way to sort out what happens if I forget my password. You know, the old, and usually right. the good thing these days with the no-code platforms, while I'm always saying they're not as quick as easy as they're being sold, you know, too, because Correct. that <laughs> idea of having to structure your application well and know about user it, how a user interacts with an application, that's an area of expertise you still have to have but it does take away all the all the groundwork of having to implement all the login process you know all that stuff is usually taken care of or available in a modular way so that it makes it quite quite easy but it really is that starting off with the heart of the functionality and then work backwards like what do I need in order to be able to offer that functionality and then what is it that I want to be available like publicly? And then you have to make the decisions because say in that glide up, I could have built everything in one and just defined complicated either because the more complex it go, it is, the more I wanted to, that to keep simple. I thought I'd rather have another version of it that only has a subset of the functionality and no like nobody needs to log in and nobody can touch anything so that's just but that's a decision where there's pros and cons and you know i make the choice based on what i think um you know what how i want this to behave and what i think is best for what we need well, I like what you said because there's a couple of things you mentioned. The first piece is that the process is very similar no matter where you're starting from, right? The other piece to this is that you didn't take the whole problem on all at one time. Hmm. I mean, there was pieces that you, you figured out what you wanted the overarching must-have needed to be, what was the functionality, and then you work back in bits and pieces, right? Because if we try to take on a problem all at one time, it, it never accumulate or comes out it gets messy right like (laughs) there's no way to do it yeah right and I think that the key pieces of what I heard you say and this is something that Jan mentioned too is that the first time you did it it wasn't it didn't work 
Well, I mean, it worked, but it was messy. And there were things that you needed to go back and try again. And yeah. that both of you knew, okay, we're going to try this. If it doesn't work, all right, now let's look back and figure out what's the next iteration. What's the next piece that we can use to move this project forward? Um, and I'm thinking too with you, Jan, in terms of even just cultivating the nonprofit of where you wanted your mission to be and how you've had to really take that and change a bit and use the technical space to help grow your nonprofit, which I think in the end is probably going to serve your mission even larger than you even anticipated. Absolutely. Yeah. It'll all fit together nicely. Yeah. So that's the piece. What I want our listeners to hear, this is why I want it so much for the both of them to be on the show today is that Jan has this wonderful sense of peace. And if you have the opportunity to work with her, which I encourage you to do, Jan is, um, peaceful and calming and when you sit with her you feel more at ease and that is uh, a talent and her wisdom and her ability to to find that inner peace married with Anka's love and passion of technology is now allowing millions of people to have access to support and help and peacefulness um, that is pretty incredible, ladies. And I think the partnership and what you've been able to create is to be commended. Thank you. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I would like to ask you, Jan, if you could give a piece of advice or an action item for our audience, what would that be? First of all, I have to say two things that Anka has taught me that I think anybody who's not tech savvy could you really use to hear is Anka told me, if you don't know the answer, Google it. Oh, we yes. With other things. <laughs> but we never think to do that with tech problems. Yes. Google it. Google and it. Secondly, when you attack a, a problem that you're not sure about on the, on the internet or with technology, go slowly. Read and don't just start pushing buttons. Because my tendency is to get upset and just, oh, push, push. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so then my... My suggestion to people for what they can do is they can just get learn to get quiet inside. Quiet your head down. I, I teach my five-year-old grandson this. When he gets all upset, just stop the thinking. Get quiet in your head, and you'll be okay. And it works for him, and it works for me, and it'll work for you too. I love it. And the other piece that I thought was so valuable is if you're having a hard time doing that, stop and count to 10. Breathe and count. And I think that's really um, something we forget to do. And so I thank you for reminding me us of that. Uncle, what about yourself? What are, what's a piece of advice or an action item that you would like to share with our audience as they think about tackling the next tech problem? <laughs> yeah. Um, taming the tech monster really, uh, you can sum it up in in one word and when uh, one phrase and it's what looks like a tech problem never is. And I'm going to be bold and say never. You know, I, because it, ooh, I love that. Because, tell us more, tell us more, tell us more. Yeah. Because what looks like when, like when it, like I, what I'm, what I'd like to recommend people do when they feel it's hard and overwhelming Take that as a signal that you're trying to take too many steps at once. Mm -hmm. 
right? When you jump and say, oh, what's the best platform? I want to build an online course. What platform do I need? And then you get lost in the, in the you know, space of online course platforms. And you feel overwhelmed. Why? Because you don't know yet what you actually want and what you want the experience to be for your students and what mm. you want your experience to be. And until you've answered all these questions, you're not like, so if you want to head jump to the, to the tool, you're taking too many steps at once. And if you don't have the experience, it's going to be hard. So basically, when it feels hard, slow down, right? And, and one skill to cultivate, it's a, it's a fun game, actually. It's, to learn how to ask what you really want. Mm. And because that is, that's very much connected to just Google it because that's where the problem, the next problem starts. Like what, what do people Google? Classic example. I had somebody ask me, so what's the best way to compress a video? And I, why would you want to do that? No, no, I, I just need to compress a video because I need to email it. Why would you want to email a video? Well, a few steps back, what she actually really wanted to do, she'd organized a Zoom workshop and she wanted to get the recordings. She wanted to make the recordings accessible to those who had attended. Right? If you ask for that, how to distribute workshop recordings, you get a whole different set of answer than if you Google what's the best tool to compress a video. Because then all of a sudden you're in codec and whatever, all crap, right? And so yeah. to really like when you, because people often search for the solution that comes to mind for them. And that usually, if you're not experienced, that gets you into a rabbit hole that you have trouble digging yourself out. So oh my goodness. When, when you want to find the answer to a, to a problem, and before you Google it, say, I want to, I want to uh, compress a video in order to and do the in order to game four or five times and then Google that and see the difference. Oh my gosh. That's some of the best advice I've heard in a long time. Uh, fantastic. What she said was what looks like a tech problem. It probably never really is the tech problem. It's finding what it is you really want it to do. That's a great example with the zoom videos because I've had people ask me the same thing and sometimes or not, or just ask me a question. I'm like, well, you really want to do with that and again why would we be emailing a video we could actually put that somewhere where they could access it in a much easier format but I love that I love it so much and I love the fact of stopping to think and to be quiet we need that over the next couple of months thank you so much Janice and Anka from the uh from the bottom of my heart, this has been a fabulous conversation. To all of my listeners, my action item for you is to go and check out Jan's website in search of a peacefulmind.ca and find that amazing website that she has created where you can go on and do the um, 24-7 Zoom room. And then my second action item is to check out um, Anka's website, which is AnkaHerman.com, A-N-K-E-H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N.com. I will put these all out in our notes as well. But uh, ladies, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope that we can carry on this conversation again soon. Thank you to everybody that joined us today for Coding the Future, and we will see you all on the next episode. 
Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.